Welcome to this pharmacy team training update. My name is Judith Poulton and I am a community pharmacist with a special interest in healthcare education. This training is on the NHS Community Pharmacist Consultation Service, which starts on the 1st of October 2019. This service, which includes both the Urgent Medicine Supply Service and the NHS Community Pharmacist Consultation Service for Minor Illnesses, is a fantastic opportunity for Community Pharmacy to showcase its skills and to demonstrate how it can support patients closer to home whilst reducing the pressure on the NHS. It is therefore imperative that we as a profession land it brilliantly, and this training will help you and the team to do that. Before we begin this podcast, please remember you and the team can watch the online training, download your certificate after completing your CPD questions, and get access to useful resources by logging on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. In this training, we're going to look at the background of the services, follow the journey of a patient from start to finish, look at what your pharmacy team need to implement to deliver the services, what records are required, and finally, review the key points that will enable you to deliver them both successfully. The training is divided into three sections. The first will look at the new urgent medicine supply service from start to finish. The second will look at what you and the team need to do to get ready to deliver the new NHS Community Pharmacist Consultation Service for Minor Illnesses and how you will receive referrals. And the third will look at what happens when the patient arrives at your pharmacy for the Minor Illness Service. This module is designed to help you deliver the operational aspects in your pharmacy and later in 2019 there will be a clinical module to support pharmacists in delivering the consultation. We will look at the urgent medicine supply aspect of the new service first. This has replaced the NHS Urgent Medicine Supply Advanced Service, shortened to NUMSAS, that has been running for a number of years. However, the new service is very similar to it. The aims of the service are to manage patients' requests for urgent supplies of their medicines or appliances and to reduce the demand on the urgent care system, especially on the out-of-hour services, as most requests are received at weekends. As you are aware, pharmacists are able to do an emergency supply at the request of the patient and issue a prescription-only medicine without a prescription to a patient if they have previously been prescribed the requested medicine. The pharmacist needs to interview the patient personally and be satisfied that there is an immediate need for the medicine in question and that the patient is not able to get a prescription easily. Before you begin delivering this service, there are certain minimum requirements that need to be in place, including having a consultation room, having an SOP that covers the provision of the service, and a business continuity plan that includes the service, both of which need to be reviewed annually or if there's been a significant incident. Access to EPS, a shared pharmacy NHS mail, and the pharmacist must be able to access SCR. For more information, please refer to the service specification. Finally, to claim payment for this service, you must ensure you follow the guidance in the service specification, as failure to do this properly and within the allocated time will result in the pharmacy getting no money. When a patient who urgently requires their medicine contacts the team at NHS 111, 
they will be able to direct them to a community pharmacy using the Integrated Directory of Service, DOS, to offer them the most appropriate pharmacy based on both location and availability. It is important, therefore, that your pharmacy details on DOS are always correct and you must inform them as soon as possible if you have to temporarily withdraw the service by calling the NHS Directory Provider and Commissioner Helpline. The details will be in the service specification. Once NHS 111 have agreed which pharmacy the patient would like to attend, an electronic referral with the appropriate information will be sent to the pharmacy's shared NHS mailbox or another local secure system if being used instead of NHS mail, and the patient will be given the pharmacy's phone number. The patient will be advised that they need to contact the pharmacy within the allocated time or when it is next open before going to it so that the pharmacist can assess their request. Patients will also be informed that prescription exemptions and payments will still apply. You and your team need to get into the habit of checking for referrals regularly during all the hours your pharmacy is open, including early mornings, late nights, weekends and bank holidays, to ensure that none are missed. If, however, a referral has been received and the patient has not contacted the pharmacy within the allocated time, you must try and contact the patient using the details supplied in the referral. If the patient contacts your pharmacy and the referral has not been received, your team will need to contact the NHS 111 team to get the referral resent. During the phone call, the pharmacist will need to assess the patient's suitability and the legality of making an emergency supply. This should be in line with the standard emergency supply legislation, and there are links to this on the resources page on the right-hand side of this screen. The pharmacist, with the patient's consent, should also check their SCR records, either during the phone call or face-to-face, unless there is a good reason not to. If this is the case, the pharmacist must record the reason. Checking the SCR records will help confirm previous medication history and other relevant information which will help with the decision. It may also identify a recently issued prescription for the requested medicine or appliance and this still might be available on the NHS spine. If one is available it should be used and the appropriate fee claimed as per the service specification. The pharmacist should also take the opportunity to remind patients to order their prescriptions in a timely manner and the advantages of an electronic repeat prescription service that is using RAs and RDs. Finally, if the pharmacist is unable to make a supply due to patient factors or legal factors, they will try and make alternative arrangements for the patient to receive their medication. This may include referring the patient back to their own GP or contacting the out-of-hours GP. We have now come to the end of section one. Community pharmacy is the biggest walk-in centre in the NHS and there has always been a high level of public trust and confidence in pharmacists' ability to give advice and support on self-care and minor illnesses. The recent Ask Your Pharmacist government campaigns have built on these foundations helping to encourage more people to use this valuable resource in the community. 54 million GP appointments a year are deemed as minor illness. However, many patients still present at their surgery wanting a same-day appointment 
for conditions that require self-care and advice, and current estimates suggest 20.4 million of these GP appointments could be safely transferred to community pharmacy. Evidence also suggests that the advice given in a consultation about minor illnesses by community pharmacists leads to the same outcome for the patient compared to a GP consultation or a visit to A&E. Alongside this, the KIU review identified that many people struggle to navigate and access a confusing and inconsistent array of urgent care services provided outside of hospital. Therefore, they default to A&E, where 40% of them are discharged, requiring no treatment at all. The review also identified that people with urgent but non-life-threatening conditions need to be directed into highly responsive, effective and personalised services outside of hospital. These services need to deliver care in or as close to people's homes as possible, minimising disruption and inconvenience for patients and their families. NHS 111 should be used by patients when they need medical advice urgently, but it is non-life-threatening. The call handlers, by following algorithms, direct the patient to the correct service to meet their medical needs. However, currently less than 1% of all NHS 111 referrals result in direction to a community pharmacy, as the majority of calls are referred to other primary care locations, for example GP, in-hours and out-of-hours, walk-in centres and sometimes A&E departments. The NHS Community Pharmacist Consultation Service aims to reduce the pressure on GPs and urgent and emergency care services by referring patients from low-capacity and high-cost services to higher-capacity services, for example community pharmacies. To put this into context, the 20 million appointments that could be referred would equate to approximately 2,000 appointments per pharmacy per annum, or to put it another way, 40 a week or 8 a day across 5 days. Pharmacies will be paid £14 per consultation as long as they follow the correct protocol and record it on their designated IT platform. This service would also mean that patients will have better access to care, close to home and with a self-care emphasis. The service started as a pilot in the North East and over 5,000 patients in four months were referred from NHS 111, saving the equivalent of 11 weeks of GP time. The results show that almost two-thirds of referrals resulted in appropriate advice being given. Other pilots for both the GP practice and NHS referrals then followed in various locations across the country. Patients who present at NHS 111 with common conditions that a community pharmacy would routinely deal with will be offered a referral to a community pharmacy instead, freeing up a GP appointment. The top 10 conditions being referred include cough, acute pain, high temperature, allergic rash, colds, sore throat, flu, headache and migraine, diarrhoea and sprains or strains. However, the list of conditions covered ranges from acne to vomiting and constipation to tiredness. Once the patient has agreed that they are happy to attend a pharmacy, the NHS 111 handler will use the patient's postcode to identify two pharmacies which are closest to them, which provide the service. 
Once the patient has chosen which pharmacy they would like to attend, an electronic referral will be sent to that pharmacy. We will briefly look at an overview of the service before we move on to look at it in more detail. As we have already mentioned, the patient will be referred into the pharmacy by an electronic message. When the patient arrives at the nominated pharmacy, the electronic referral will be checked and verified by a team member and then the patient will be invited into the consultation room to sit down with the pharmacist. The consultation will be completed using a form on an IT platform and appropriate reference sources, such as NICE clinical knowledge summaries, SCR records and red flag symptoms. The consultation will end in one of three ways. 1. The patient does not require medication, but self-care advice and printed information are supplied if relevant. 2. The patient requires a product as well as self-care advice and printed information. Or 3. The patient requires more urgent care and the pharmacist escalates it. Finally, the pharmacist ensures that the patient's GP is informed electronically of the result of the consultation. To allow you and your team to deliver the service successfully, there are a number of things that you need to ensure are in place in your pharmacy before you register to deliver the service. We will divide them into two areas, operational tasks and training, and we'll start by looking at the operational tasks first. To help you and your team, we have produced a checklist for both areas and you will find them on the resources page on the right-hand side of this screen. In your consultation room, you will need to have access to an internet-enabled IT device, that is, a computer or tablet that can be used during your consultation with the patient to not only complete the form on your IT platform, for example, Farm Outcomes or Sona, but also to access other information sources from the internet, including NICE clinical knowledge summaries. You will also need to be able to access the patient summary care record and NHS mail, and ideally this would be from within the consulting room. At this point, I want to emphasise the importance of having a team member who can access your IT platform, that is, farm outcomes or SONA, during all the hours the pharmacy is open. It is also really important that the team is able to access the pharmacy's NHS mail account during opening hours, as some referrals may come this way, and you need to put plans in place to ensure this happens. The referrals from NHS 111 will rely on the information in the Directory of Services, DOS, and therefore you must ensure the details are correct. You will also need to make your insurers aware of the new service you are offering. Finally, you will need to update your business continuity plan to reflect the new service and include the actions that will need to be taken following any event that causes a disruption to normal service. Please note that for pharmacies that are part of a chain, please speak to your head office or area manager about these things. You and the team need to remember to inform the local DOS team if for any reason you need to temporarily suspend the service. Please remember to review this plan annually or after such an event. 
Training for both you, locums, and the rest of the team is an essential part of being able to deliver a successful, high-quality service, and you will need to consider the following. A new SOP will need to be in place covering all aspects of the service, and all team members and locums will need to have understood and signed it. The SOP must also include the key contact details as specified in the service level agreement, for example your local NHS 111 providers. And the SOP will need to be reviewed on an annual basis or following any changes to the service. Depending on your business, locum pharmacists may play a greater or lesser role. However, this service must be delivered during all opening hours, including bank holidays and extended trading hours, when it is more likely that the pharmacy will receive referrals. Training locums to ensure they can deliver the service is critical. Not only do they need to understand the consultation process and what resources they must use, but they need a clear understanding of who is eligible for the service, how they are referred and how to access the relevant IT systems. They will need to read the appropriate paperwork and I also suggest they watch this training module. A well-trained team who understand the process will help ensure that whoever the pharmacist is, the service will be delivered seamlessly. You may also want to review your own training and if you have not yet completed CPPE's consultation skills for pharmacy practice, or need some refresher training on common clinical conditions or some help with clinical history taking, CPP have a page on their website with all the links to these plus some other useful topics. The link to this is on the resources page. You may also want to check that your safeguarding training is in date. When all your initial setup is completed, the pharmacy can register to deliver the services via the NHS Business Services Authority website. A link to go to this is on the resources page on the right-hand side of this screen. The pharmacist will also need to complete a self-declaration on the NHS Community Pharmacist Consultation Service IT system before referrals can be accepted. We will now look at the patient's journey through the service. So who is eligible to be referred into the service? Any patient who has had a conversation with an NHS 111 handler and has agreed that they would be happy to attend a community pharmacy in the first instance. Patients must present in person at the pharmacy and patients under the age of 16 must be accompanied by an adult. Note, children under 2 are not routinely eligible for this service. However, they do turn up at the pharmacy, you will need to support the parent or carer with advice and support. The patient will be advised by the referrer that the pharmacy is expecting them and that they should attend within 12 hours and that when they arrive they should indicate that they have been sent by NHS 111. The referrer will send an electronic referral to the pharmacy. You and your team will need to get into the habit of checking your IT platforms regularly, especially when you are open and just before you close for any referrals. Please remember to check junk mail as well. You will need to open any that have been sent to you as you will need to attempt to contact the patient if they have not presented within the agreed time frame. We have now come to the end of the second section. When patients attend your pharmacy, the team will need to be aware that they could have been referred and must listen out for clues as not all patients will make it clear. 
Examples of statements they could say may include I phoned NHS 11. The call handler at NHS 11 said I've been told to come here and or I've been told to see the pharmacist for an appointment. If the team hear any of these statements, they must check with the patient as to whether they have been referred and then also check whether they have received an electronic message from NHS 111. Alternatively, in your pharmacy, you may know that at certain times of day or days of the week, you are more likely to have referred patients and you and the team may want to ask a more direct question to identify these patients quickly. An example could be, have you been referred from another service for an appointment with the pharmacist? If the answer is yes, you will need to check that you have received the electronic referral. Please note that you must not divert any patients who are currently using self-care to treat their condition into the service, but instead you should manage them as you would normally. If the patient says that they've been referred by the appropriate body, but the pharmacy has not received a referral, then you or your team member will need to contact the local NHS 111. The appropriate local phone numbers are supplied in your service specification document to confirm the patient's NHS number and their GP details, and to ask the shift or team leader to resend the electronic referral. Once the referral has been confirmed, the pharmacist should invite the patient into the consultation room for a face-to-face -face conversation to assess their condition. The pharmacist will need to access the specified IT platform, e.g. Farm Outcomes or SONA, whilst with the patient, so they can work through the online form and can record any additional information required, such as information provided from the referral. They now need to clinically assess the patient using a structured approach by following the order on the designated form on the IT platform. This structured approach, examples of which can be seen on the screen, will also ensure any red flag symptoms are recognised and responded to during the process, as the link to the latest NICE clinical knowledge summaries will be included as a reminder on the form being used. Further training on both the Farm Outcomes and Sona Digital platforms are available in the Virtual Outcomes course library, and by working through these you will have a clearer understanding of what the form looks like and how easy it is to use. The pharmacist should also consider whether it is appropriate to access the patient's SCR records to check any concurrent medication or medical conditions, as these may affect their treatment. They should also be aware of any medication supplied previously for the low acuity condition in question and the appropriateness of the advice given. It is important to remember that the patient has been referred to the pharmacist to clinically manage their condition. They will need to ensure that they assess the patient actually in front of them and not what the referral says, as the patient's condition, for example, may have deteriorated since they were referred. The pharmacist will need to make the decision as to whether they should carry on with the consultation or whether they need to escalate the referral by contacting the patient's GP or by ringing 999. If during the consultation the pharmacist needs additional support and or advice or wants to refer the patient to another more appropriate care setting, for example their GP, urgent care centre or A&E, there are set pathways to follow and these will depend on the time of day and the severity of the symptoms presented. If the patient needs to be referred to their own GP for an urgent in hours between 8am and 6.30pm Monday to Friday appointment, once the patient has agreed this, the pharmacist will need to contact the patient's GP directly to secure an appointment 
and details of how to do this should be included within your service specification. The pharmacist may wish to print off the notes from their consultation and give these to the patient to take to their GP. Alternatively, if it is out of hours and the symptoms are not that severe, the pharmacist may wish to contact NHS 111 on behalf of the patient. In some areas of the country, pharmacists may be able to access a professional helpline using the 7 or 8 facility, which gives fast access to a clinician. If this service is available, it may result in onward referral of the patient or advice and support for the pharmacist on how to manage the patient's symptoms. You will need to check your individual LES for details. If the patient presents with severe symptoms which require immediate attention, the pharmacist should refer them to A&E or call 999 for an ambulance. If this happens, the pharmacist must report to the local NHS Community Pharmacist Consultation Service commissioning team that same day with details of the incident. Details of who to contact and phone numbers on how to do this will be included in your service specification. There also might be other scenarios that you should be aware of. If it is known that the patient has attended the service more than twice in a month with the same symptoms and there is no indication for an urgent referral, the pharmacist should consider referring the patient to their own GP. Or, if the pharmacist suspects the service is being used inappropriately by either patients or carers, they need to report it at the earliest opportunity to the service commissioning team. And finally, if a referred patient presents with symptoms outside the scope of the service, they should still be managed in line with the best clinical judgement by the pharmacist. Having completed the assessment, if the pharmacist is happy to continue, they should provide self-care advice on how to manage the patient's condition, both in the short and long term. The patient must be advised about the expected symptoms, their expected duration, what to do if the symptoms get worse, and be provided with printed information about their condition if appropriate. They should also be advised that the pharmacy is the first port of call for many minor ailments. It is important to recognise that this service is about the consultation and the delivery of key messages about self-care and patient education. If the patient's condition requires a product to be supplied, then these should be either 1. Sold to the patient, 2. Supplied if appropriate under any local minor ailment service, or 3. Referred to an appropriate prescriber. And a record should be entered onto the IT platform being used, and this will generate a post-event message to the patient's GP. At the end of the consultation, Please remember the pharmacist must tell the patient the following. If your symptoms do not improve or become worse, then either come back to me or seek advice from your GP. Earlier in this training, I mentioned that if a referral was received, but the patient did not turn up within the stated time, normally 12 hours, you and the team would be required to take action and are expected to make a reasonable effort to contact the patient. You will need to have made a phone call using the patient's details in the referral message. This needs to be before the pharmacy closes that day. If you can't contact the patient, then the referral will need to be closed the following day on the IT system as a no intervention made. 
please note it is important that you follow this process through to completion. We have now covered all steps required by you and the team to deliver the service. Understanding how the service works and having a highly trained competent team, including any locum pharmacists, will be key to its success. Remember to use the checklist on the resources page to ensure you have set up your pharmacy correctly and that you have key phone numbers readily available for any referrals that need to be escalated. Initially, you may not get many referrals, but you and the team need to get into the habit of checking the IT platform a couple of times a day. Also, remember that if you do get a referral, you need to try and contact the patient if they don't present at the pharmacy within the stated time, and you must close it if no contact is made. Finally, please remember once you have your setup in place, the actual service is simple to deliver. In summary, your patient gets referred to the pharmacy. They have a face-to-face consultation with a pharmacist in the consultation room, where the pharmacist establishes the symptoms, checks there's no warning signs, for example red flags, and then offers advice, support and possibly supplies a product to help them, and this is all recorded on an IT form. This is not new, as this is what pharmacy teams are already doing brilliantly, day in and day out across the country. We have now come to the end of this part of the training. However, there is further training on your IT platform available for you to watch to ensure you are familiar with the form and how to access the red flag information and nice clinical knowledge summaries. I hope you have enjoyed this training. And you and the team are excited about this fantastic opportunity for Community Pharmacy to showcase its skills and demonstrate how it can support patients closer to home whilst reducing the pressure on the NHS. If you want to view the online training, have access to both your certificate and the resources tab, please log on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. We would also like to use this opportunity to ask you to encourage the rest of your colleagues to view the video.